mouth next to the microphone. My mouth is next to the microphone. Now it is. Don't tell me what to do. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. My name is Mauro. And I'm Dan. And this is Let's, Let's Talk, Talk About, About Cool Animals. Oh, that was Ooh, good. Harmonized. Yeah, that. I like that. One of the saddest episodes we're ever going to do. I don't... Really? I see it as sad. I think it's sad. I think it's stoic. Ooh. What is stoic? Stoicism? Yeah, what's stoicism? Stoicism is stoicism. You it's know? Just, you know, you don't... Oneness. Not letting the outside world impact you. Ooh, I like that. Are you looking up a definition? Yeah. Okay. Um, yes, this is the Lonesome George edition. Stoicism is the endurance of pain or hardship without display of feelings, without complaint. That kind of fits so, Lonesome George. Not allowing... Yeah, yeah I mean... Good connection. So... So, yeah. Marcus Aurelius, a.k.a. Lonesome George. <laughs> Go read some uh, some Stoicism texts. By we Marcus could, Aurelius. We could all use some Stoicism in our lives, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's, I think a, so. it's a positive I don't thing. think... Checking my email during how this did is we a good go, idea. <laughs> how, how did we go from Lonesome George to Stoicism? Well, you tried to call me out on not knowing what Stoicism meant. No, I didn't. I just wanted you to define it. And then, it. how do we get to? How did we get to Stoicism? I don't know. It just happened. All right. Well, so that's our banter. No, we got more banter than that. What do we have? I trim my beard. You trim your beard. It looks great. So we're here in New York. You look and younger. I do look younger. Yeah. Mora said it takes off 10 pounds, which I was offended at. <laughs> and also, like, it was a compliment. So it was, it was backhanded. Also, we have a very special shout out if you want to. We have the most special shout out. Yeah. Um, someone who is incredibly near and dear to my heart. My lovely, adorable cousin, Harper. Harper, it's Dan. And I'm talking directly to you. That's right. Look at mom. Be like, oh, my gosh. Dan's talking to me from the podcast. We just wanted you to know that we love and love and love and appreciate all of your feedback and support. For those of you who don't know Harper, she is five years old. She is our youngest fan and one of our biggest fans. So Harper, I love you. And um, thank you for listening. Uh, here's an air high five from me. Love you, monkey. Love you, Harper. Thank you for supporting us and just being the most bubbly kid I've ever met. Because of the pictures of the bubbles? <laughs> yeah. I get it. I get I it. I met her once and she blew bubbles and she loved it. Yeah. Harper's pretty great. So, Dan, have you ever been to the Galapagos? I actually have. Okay. When I was 16 years old. <laughs> you get so excited. I got so excited. <laughs> I like. I knew we were going to talk about this. But, yeah. Um, I had wanted to go to the Galapagos since I was, I was a bit of a, I guess, a science or biology a nerd, nerd as a little kid. <laughs> a nerd. That's yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I was just a nerd. And um, I wanted to go to the Galapagos since I was like four or five. And so when I was 16, um, because I have wonderful, amazing parents, even though they don't listen to this podcast, um, thank you, mom and dad, <laughs> <laughs> for, uh, for sending me there. Um, and it was an absolute dream come true. And it was still to this day almost oh not almost actually 16 years later oh wow you're yeah, old i am old um one of the most incredible experiences and one of the most special places on earth so yes i have been to the galapagos so what can we say about the galapagos um well the galapagos needs to be protected but it's a home to a or was was spoiler alert <laughs> was home <laughs> to a one would say the rarest creature on Earth. At the time, he was known as the rarest creature on Earth, which is... Well, he's he's really rare now. I think that's insane. Well, he, th there is no rare anymore, well, to, to the knowledge of the scientists. Exactly. Yeah. 
So the Galapagos are home to giant tortoises. And giant, okay, I guess I was going to say giant's an understatement, but I guess some of the animals we talk about in this podcast, giant is, uh, it can mean a lot of things, but these things are huge. Just um, to give you an idea, one of the largest of the Galapagos tortoises, 800 pounds and six feet long. So I'm six feet tall and I'm 250 pounds. So imagine tacking on an additional, what is that? 550? Look at that. Math. Yeah, math. You're getting better at the on the fly math. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they are they are huge and they're they, rare now. They are rare, one, because people are terrible. Yeah. Um, and two, because of just how isolated and unique they are. These are not animals that exist anywhere else in the world. In fact, it is basically the birthplace of Darwinism. Yes. Well, I mean, not. But like, hold on, I want to correct you. In execution, giant tortoises, yes, are very popular in the Galapagos. But there's one other island off of Africa that contains <gasps> giant tortoises. I'm assuming Madagascar. No, mm. it is the island of Aldabra. Mm. It's the same. It has like a little cluster of islands, and that's the only other place and that you can find giant tortoises. An archipelago. Arpa Ar archipelago. I, even at 16, I screwed that. Yeah. Archipelago. Got it. Nailed archipelago. it. Archipelago. <laughs> All right. <laughs> More was bilingual, everybody. <laughs> so, yes, you said that's the birthplace of Darwinism. And if you don't know... Okay, so one... Chuck one, D? One thing. If you don't believe in evolution, please turn off this podcast <laughs> right now. No. You know what? If you don't or believe in evolution, learn. learn about it. We, yeah. we want to help people continue to grow and educate themselves. So, you know, if you don't believe in it, that's cool. But, you know, Google stuff. I mean, <laughs> learn things for yourself. Information and, is out there. Yeah, think for yourself. So Charles Darwin got on the SS Beagle. Yes, is it? SS Beagle. This is off the top of my head, by the way. I'm not reading. I'm not reading it. I'm impressed. As a little student, because he wasn't the leader of of the research, he just you know got on the boat with another researcher whom I forgot the name of. Do you have the name I off don't. the top of his head? Off the top of my head, I don't. So his uh, he was very interested in biology. He had no idea he was going to go there and come up with the theory of evolution. No, that wasn't his thing. He was just interested in like, oh, there's this cool island off of Ecuador that has. Apparently, very rare specimens that you can't find anywhere else in the world. So when they got there and they noticed, oh, my God, look at all of these specimens. Look at everything that we can't find anywhere else. And how many islands are in the Galapagos? 18. 18. 18 islands. And the Galapagos, like the whole archipelago is not that big. So there's like these small islands just clustered around. And each island showed different I guess, variations of the same species, Subspe same subspecies. Subspecies so, that eventually became their own individual distinct species. Exactly. So Darwin looked at this and asked himself, how did this happen? How can uh, a tortoise in Santa Cruz Island be different from a, tur a tortoise in Isabella. Pinta Island, Isabella Island? They were all different. And that thought process eventually became the natural selection theory of his, of his research. Charles Darwin. The father of evolution. Yeah. The author of The Voyage of the Beagle. And he outlined basically how species are able to evolve. It's It, it wasn't foolproof at the time because, it, you know, it, he was relying a lot on observation. It wasn't, hey, we're going to look at things in Africa and we're going to compare it to things in South America. No, this was just, hey, there's a, a species in this island that looks a little different from this species in this other island. 
but overall they look kind of the same. They just have different traits and features, characteristics. Yeah. Another one of the animals of the species that he studied were the finches that had different beaks because in certain islands there were different foods that, and those beaks had to adapt and all that. So we're not going to bore you more with evolution talk. Evolution is real and it's really cool and you should really read about it. But (laughs) (laughs) so Darwin, when was the voyage? Do you have that off the top of your head? I do actually. So the voyage of the beagle the HMS Beagle, was 1831 to 1836. He made, I think it was three separate trips to the Galapagos, which I, I can only imagine what that looked like. I obviously, you know, I went there back in 2002, 2003, so it looked a little different from when it was, you know, first being visited. But these islands, they were discovered, I think it was 1531 was the discovery yeah, around that time, yeah. of those islands. And so they, I think at the time they were looking... They're trying to get to Peru. Yeah, right? it was tra- it was travelers that were trying to get to Peru, and they just ran into those islands. Yes. Which so, is- real quick, fun fact. The Galapagos Islands exist in both the northern and southern hemisphere because they That's straddle true. the equator. And when you're on the equator, water goes directly down in a toilet. Did you know that? I always thought that was a myth. No, it's a real thing. I saw really? it. Really? Yeah. Okay. So, you go to one side, it swirls one way. And you go to the other side, it swirls the other way. I should have paid attention when I lived in Argentina. Yeah. See if that's it, a thing. It's a real thing. <laughs> um, and it's actually located on the Nazca plate, which is moving 2.5 inches per year east-southeast towards Peru. That's too much. It's, it's not super fast. <laughs> but still, that's a lot per year. Anyway, Galapagos means tortoise in Old Spanish. Fun yes. fact. What um, is Old Spanish? Old Spanish, it's like, I don't know, like 1500 Spanish. Oh, like Old English? Yeah, like Old English. That was a stupid question. (laughs) Like Old English? All right. So we talked about how there are different species of tortoises in each island. Yes. There's a very specific island called Pinta Island. Pinta. 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 (laughs) (laughs) And it's obviously each tortoise subspecies is named after the island they were discovered or live in. Super original. Yeah, super original. So the Pinta Island tortoise was thought to be extinct. I, I don't know if Darwin came across a Pinta Island tortoise, but... I don't they, think he did. Yeah, they were thought to be extinct like throughout the 19th and 20th century until in 1971... Boom. A Hungarian malacologist who studies snails. I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know that was a name <laughs> for what they did. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yusuf uh, uh, Vagvolgi, I guess. That sounds, sounds good. good. Um, he came across uh, a slightly different tortoise than from the other islands. And this was at Pinta Island. Yes. So basically, this Hungarian snail... Snail hunter. (laughs) Snail hunter. I like like snail hunter. (laughs) Snail hunter. Discovered a new subspecies of Galapagos Island tortoises. Well, a a species they thought was extinct. That was thought to be extinct. You rediscovered it. For a long time. And this cool tortoise... He got a new home. You got a new home. Over was, at the, the Charles Darwin Research Center. Which is in Santa Cruz Island. And he became the only Pinta Island tortoise left in the world. That's where his name comes from. Because he <laughs> is super lonely. Or maybe maybe he wasn't. Maybe he was just like, all right, I'm kind of sitting here. Sometimes people bring me snacks. And then I go about my day. I poop. Nobody bothers me. I eat. I sleep. And, uh, you know, I, I bask in the sun for a little bit. I go 
move around. What do they? They move what? Like six hundred feet an hour? Yeah. <laughs> it, it was like point one five miles an hour yeah. is their speed. Yeah, they're not. Um, you know, they're big for a reason. That means they don't have to move quickly because they are nice and protected. So he's the only one left of his kind. Yes. You don't think that's lonely? You don't think that's sad? I mean, but there were subspecies that he, like, they gave him some friends. They gave yeah, him some potential mates. Yeah, but you're the only one left of your kind. That's 100% DNA match for your species, for yeah. your subspecies. But that's with the assumption that, like, he's self-aware. He's not Coco. He's not oh. signing to anybody. You know what I mean? Like, you know, he's like the happy idiot. We're getting good at calling back episodes. Yeah. Shout yeah. out to Coco. Shout out to Coco. So... <laughs> <laughs> By 1972, uh, his entire subspecies had been wiped out. Basically, he was the only one left. But why? How did that happen? Well, people are terrible. So Humans suck. If that's one theme you can take away from this podcast is that humans are terrible. So, you know, when we find a resource, we're really going to try to capitalize on it. So what would happen is a lot of whalers and pirates would make you know, landfall in the Galapagos. And when they first got there, there was thousands upon thousands of them. They ended up taking 13,000 turtles over the course of 37 years. They just emptied the place. And the main reason they did that was they were resource cheap, which means that they wouldn't have to give them food or water because these guys would be able to go I think it was what six months without food and three months without water self-sufficient they, they they have like reserves inside of their shells that they can just like you know stuff themselves and then they're good they have large water and fat reserves which allow them to survive not only long ocean crossings but being captured and brought onto these boats and that's how turtles were able to you know navigate through the islands too you know the, the that's the how they got there natural selection again comes into play because the, the ones that were able to survive were the more self-sufficient ones so they were able to travel those long distances and make it to another island insular gigantism and we'll get to that Ooh, that's the bit. word yes <laughs> i like that it's oh, we'll get to it right now it's the biological phenomenon in which the size of an animal species isolated on an island increases dramatically in comparison to its mainland relatives so basically what would happen was larger tortoises would have a greater chance of surviving the journey over from the mainland and you know that's how they got there but back to what we were saying so you got pirates captain jack sparrows over there he's stealing tortoises because one you know Tortoise soup is probably good. We don't advise anyone to do this. Protect the animals. You know, keep them safe. Also, the introduction of a bunch of invasive species. So one of the things that a lot of whalers, pirates, seafaring people would do would be they would put goats, pigs, and other animal, other livestock on the on islands so that in the future when they came back, there would be a bunch of goats and pigs that they could eat. And I think the list of invasive species is pretty long. They got rats, cats, dogs, pigs, donkeys, goats, and other livestock. And these animals, anytime you introduce an invasive species to an environment that's been isolated from the rest of the world for so long, it can have catastrophic effects. So in the Pinta Islands specifically, the goats ended up eating a ton of the vegetation, one, that the Pinta Island tortoise would use for food, but they also destroyed a lot of the trees that they would use for um, shade to cool off during times of the day. They ate the eggs, too, and the offspring. So. And they'd crush the nests. Yeah. Basically, again, shout out to humans for ruining everything. We should probably define invasive species for people that don't know. An invasive species is uh, a species that goes to a place that they don't belong to, and they wreak havoc in the ecosystem. 
like us in America? Like humans. <laughs> humans are an invasive species. No, we're not. Yes, we are. Humans are the most invasive of all species. We've destroyed entire ecosystems. Yeah, but we've caused the extinction of hundreds and thousands of animals. I well, no, an invasive species kind of you assume that there's going to be some sort of an introduction to an area. Like nothing is bringing, it's not just kind of hopping on the back of something and going somewhere. Like we've, we've been on most of the planet for most of the time we've been alive. Humans we, are a little sliver of the earth's no, no, history. No, I didn't say most of the, the time that the planet's been around, but like we've, oh. we've made our way pretty far around the globe pretty early on. So let's go back to Lonesome George. <laughs> Lonesome George is the only one left. And you know, you're going to get, a lot of researchers that think like, oh, my God, one, this is huge because we're able to study a live specimen, the only live specimen left of this subspecies. Yes. But also it's going to be extremely stressful because we need we need we need him to get laid. Yeah, that's <laughs> like that's, they uh, they tried. They tried a whole bunch. They uh, didn't they try to introduce him to a couple of uh, in the 90s. Yeah. A couple of ladies out there when they he lived was in with his him prime. until he died. So he, what yeah. was it, like Three's Company? I guess. Come and knock on our door. <laughs> it, was, it was a little freaky, huh? We're a tortoise for <laughs> you. Children, listen to our podcast. <laughs> oh, we've we cursed on the podcast. Ah, shucks. <laughs> well, I'm just more conscious of it because of the Harper shout out. That's so Harper. Double, double Harper shout out. Just, you know, ignore the bad words, Harper. So yeah, he actually lived 13 years with two potential mates, two other tortoises that weren't his kind, but were, you know, very close in relation. I think they were from the neighboring island. Yes. And all 13 eggs that were produced during this time were, weren't viable. So I don't know if he was like sterile or he just didn't didn't get the memo that, hey, you need to produce some offspring or your entire subspecies is going to die. Or maybe this was Darwinism existing. Maybe his species was not meant to continue on. Maybe they were maybe the the more viable men or males had been killed off already and he was the last one and well he didn't make another one because he couldn't it's not your fault george we forgive you so also in the 90s after the the two mates failed to um succeed in the mating um they brought when i say they it's the people at the conservancy the galapagos <laughs> conservancy they brought a swiss they brought him they brought in a pro yeah they brought in a pro uh, it was a swiss biologist by the name of sviva grigioni who uh, basically specialized in this. This is this is like this was her life's work. Uh, she claimed that she could make tortoises ejaculate within minutes. Um, I don't know what her te technique was, but uh, <laughs> uh, she failed to make um, little little George gravy. Come on, man. <laughs> You're gross. <laughs> well, the the goal was, you know, she had to produce a specimen so that they could. <laughs> That's the way to say it, is produce a specimen. Yeah. For those of you who can't see what's happening, Moro cannot contain himself and will not stop giggling at me saying produce a specimen. Um, this would have been used to attempt, I'm guessing, some sort of like IVF or yeah, in some, vitro. Yeah. Um, let, you know, having science intervene. But, you know, we were actually discussing this earlier. We shouldn't be intervening. You know, this is this is natural selection. And there's a reason that these animals don't, I mean, aside from us killing yeah. them off. Um, sort of a paradox. But yeah, so they, they try to bring in a pro after, the, you know, doing it the au naturel style. And uh, unfortunately, that did not work. 
Yeah, that didn't work. And you said something about Darwinism playing a role here, you know, in, in a way. You know, if that's what's happening, yes. Yeah. Because we are kind of getting our hands dirty with this one, so. Yeah, I mean, with good cause, it's a whole subspecies. But Darwinism took its toll in a lot of the Galapagos tortoise um, species already uh, up to that point. They were... They, they have found at least 13 species. There are possibly up to 16, but only 12 now exist. I mean... And they're not in big numbers either. We're talking like 10, 8. Like, I think the, there was a couple of the islands, 12 male, 8 female. That's another reason why we really do need to protect this amazing, amazing part of our planet. Well, just to put it in one line, every single Galapagos Island tortoise is endangered. Yes, but that being said, um, the government of Ecuador has done a tremendous job protecting these environments. They, they are pretty strict about what you can do on the island. Um, you know, I remember, and this is back 16 years ago, when you got off the plane, you had to check your shoes. You had to put your, your shoes actually into some, some sort of liquid that would kill any microbes or plants that were on. They were very strict about bringing any plant life onto the islands. They, you know, they really, really try to do their best to protect this pristine place so each species in different in the different islands has a different different look a different style a different wardrobe but uh <laughs> wardrobe <laughs> george uh the pinta island tortoise had a very peculiar look to them which is one of the reasons why they were able to basically assess that oh this is a different subspecies when they found it door so they they, they basically branched off from two separate like shell types right we had the saddleback which has got, they have that underprotected gap over their neck. And then there was the dome. And there's also the intermediate one. Um, That's just the regular, like the regular tortoise shell. No, no, no. There there was, I think, two or three of the subspecies oh, with the little, fell into that. With the little curve in the middle, which is not as as prominent as the saddleback. The, the bottom curve or the top curve? No, the top curve. Yes. The saddleback is like very indented. Yes. And then you have the dome that's just a, a perfect a big dome. Big old dome. A big <laughs> Big old dome. So that, it, it, with the saddleback, the unprotected gap over the neck has a very important use to it because the Pinta Island tortoises have very long necks. Yes. Why? So they can get to the taller branches and the bushes in their environment. They That's, that's actually the cool thing about all of the different evolutions of all these different species across the island is they kind of evolve. They evolve to their specific place that they were in to be able to eat the food, protect themselves, variations in sunlight. Another actually really cool thing about the tortoise is mating for them isn't, it's not, you know, these are, these are big, big animals. They're anywhere from, what was it? 150 up to, like I said, 800 pounds. These are big, big animals. You know, the largest one was measured six feet um, nose to tail. So mating is not an easy process. So the bottom of males were actually kind of concave. Is that the right word? Yeah, concave. Concave to be able to basically fit over on the female. So they kind of were like Legos. They they, they fit into each other. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. It's a very wholesome way of putting yeah. it. <laughs> Le- Lego babies. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think, and I think that's, this is why this place is so special because, you know, Darwin didn't have the ability like us two bozos to go on Wikipedia and look up all sorts of different pieces of information he had to observe 
take notes, compare his notes. You know, they he was they had to draw everything. I couldn't imagine having to draw pictures <laughs> of animals that I see. I take a picture and I put it on Instagram. Done. I'm not drawing circles. They had to document and really, really have a good eye for this stuff. And, you know, we are lucky to have had someone on this earth with a mind like that who was able to recognize this. I mean, I'm sure somebody would have figured it out eventually. There's a lot of smart people out there. But um, thank you, Charles Darwin, for sharing that with us. I think the most wild part about all this is just the sheer age that these tortoises can reach. There are some some specimens easily can live to 200, which is nuts. Yeah. I mean, Lonesome George was, uh, they, they don't know what year he was born. They just estimated it to be a nine, in 1910. But they can't know for sure. He could have been 50 years younger. He could have been 50 years older. Oh, I was going to be like, how do they figure it out with dinosaurs? But I was like, carbon dating is not that accurate. So sorry for being stupid, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, these tortoises live a long time. Like by the time they found George, you could have come across tortoises and very likely come across tortoises that Darwin saw. George outlived Cherami, Coco, Togo, Balto. And uh, every animal since 1910, except tardigrades, except tardigrades, because <laughs> tardigrades live forever. And there's uh, good old ton states. <laughs> we always bring tardigrades back. I mean, tardigrades are incredible animals. And also, if you guys love tardigrades, I think we should make a tardigrade T-shirt. Um, send us your thoughts, animals at dancepetcare.com or DM us on Instagram, dancepetcare, D-A-N-S-P-E-T-C-A-R-E. Okay, cool. So we talked We <laughs> talked about George. We talked about Darwin. We talked about the Galapagos. Um, and we're going to tell you what, what it meant for, for George. No, what it meant for humanity, the discovery of George. For science. For science, for tortoises. Knowledge. For knowledge and everything. And because growth. conservation efforts. I mean, he was a symbol. We're, we're going to talk more about this after. Right after these messages. Right after our break. So George is now dead. Uh, oh we're back (laughs) (laughs) we're yeah george george died during the break (laughs) george died in 2012 um they estimated him to be between 101 and 102 years old uh that's very old but according to scientists and science he was young yeah so (laughs) yeah as we were saying before the break upwards of 200 plus years yeah they live a lot that's incredible they move slow. They don't do anything. I've moved slow plenty of times in my <laughs> life. I am not making it to 200, man. So George, basically throughout his entire life, well, not his entire life, since he was discovered, he became a symbol of conservation. Yes. What do I mean by that? What is conservation? Protecting the environment. Protecting the environment. I mean, when I picture conservation, the first thing that came to my mind was the... Uh, the panda bear for the world wildlife foundation okay um also protect panda bears protect panda bears any endangered just species just be nice be a nice person be nice to the environment also pick don't, up your garbage i was gonna say that don't, don't litter. throw garbage out your window uh i'm a compost freak now and uh smells amazing by the way like uh, i got it down i got my compost moro's real cool now he composts down. guys yeah but george is a symbol of conservation just yes. like compost is a symbol of hipsterism. Uh, of hipsterism. <laughs> <laughs> I guess my dad's the original hipster. Because just imagine this. Imagine being able to say that, hey, that tortoise over there, 
That's the last one of its kind. And it's our fault. And it's our fault. It's pirates and hunters and whalers' fault. Damn you, Jack Sparrow. Yeah, it was Jack Sparrow. Ah, Jack Sparrow's amazing. I can't say that at him. But just that statement, the fact that you could go visit the last species. You could do this with, uh, what's that animal that's now extinct? The Tasmanian tiger? Mm-hmm. You could do that in the 30s. He was, I mean, he was abused and just, it was terrible because humans made uh, an attraction out of him. Yeah, people, again, shout out to people for being terrible. Since George was the last one, yes, the mating attempts failed and all of that. They wanted to immortalize him. And preserve him beautifully. Immortalize him. Preserve him beautifully. So in 2012, his caretaker, Fausto, caretaker of 40 years. 40 years. With, that's what got me. That he walked into the yeah. cage, reserve, what, whatever. His pen. His, his corral. Pen, his pen. Yeah. He walked into his pen and found George dead. Oh. That's how he. That's how they found out he would, like, because he would feed him every morning. Oh. Like, bring him just leaves. You can actually see vi- videos of him, like, just stretching his neck. They looked like they had a real relationship. I mean, yeah. they, they were together for 40 years. We should do the thing that we do in all episodes. Take a moment and <laughs> go and go on YouTube. Don't do Google Images this time. And look up Lonesome George eating. It's also really cool to see just kind of, he's pretty, he was a majestic, majestic beast. They described him as curious and... You know, I mean, his name was George. Very so. active. <laughs> okay. <laughs> cool. So Fausto found him dead mm-hmm. in his pen. And immediately they were like, we can't just, this is not it. It can't be over just like this. He was the last of his kind. He's special. He's not like any other tortoise. So we're going to freeze him. They weren't going to compost him. <laughs> that would have been cool. But you can't compost meat. I mean, a lot of people do, but. You can't? A, or you shouldn't? You can. You shouldn't. There's just a lot of bad bacteria in it. All right. Um, but yeah, they froze him. They deep froze him. And in 2013, he was sent to the American Museum of Natural History to be taxidermied, taxidermied, stuffed, taxidermized, immortalized, immortalized. preserved. So this process, which is, there's a cool documentary on YouTube. It's like a 20 minute documentary where they go through the entire thing. Uh, it took almost a year Yeah, and they had to basically shape his skeleton. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, with clay and get the muscles correct, all the tendons, and it's his shell, his actual shell, yes. and his actual skin. And this whole thing cost $30,000, but huh. it looked incredible. It does look pretty. Have you seen pictures? Yeah. Oh, my God. He looks lifelike. Yeah. They had his eyeballs uh, cost, uh, custom made. Like they weren't like the the factory models. No, they usually yeah they 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 have they showed a box of eyeballs. They usually just have eyeballs yeah. around for different species. But these were custom made because they wanted to get the color right. Huh. Yeah. So this was a a true process, and everyone involved, uh, according to that documentary, was just you know so invested in yeah. this project. They understood what it meant for humanity to be able to. Hey, this is the actual last specimen of its kind. I feel like if if you're in the taxidermy game, being able to That's your holy grail. I World Series, NBA Finals, <laughs> um sports reference, sports reference, um Stanley Cup, that's a thing, right? Hockey? Yeah, Stanley Cup. Stanley Cup, World Cup. Anyways, it's a big deal. Also, I'm not a huge fan of, you know, just killing animals for sport, but like I will say this, a quality taxidermy job is i think it's really impressive it's not an easy thing to do to be able to oh it's a process like it's pretty incredible it's an art form 
Um, again, they are called artists, by the way. In I, I think it's an art. I think, you know, especially in situations like this or what they were able to do with um, Romeo the Wolf. They did a really, yeah. really beautiful job of preserving him. Um, well, a lot a lot go, goes into it that you wouldn't think. Uh, one of the things that stood out to me was the color of the dirt from uh, the island that he was that, that he was in. Because they collect, obviously, yeah, they, a lot yeah. of dirt under their scales. They don't shower. So they actually did a color palette match. They got some actual dirt from the island, from the conservancy, brought it back, and they color matched the the dirt to paint so they could spray it on him. I, I, I can attest Which to this. Which is nuts. They have unique colored dirt there. Yeah, I went to the Galapagos. So We get it. You travel. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! I went to Barcelona last year, best year of my life. I didn't go to Barcelona, but I I, I have been to what's the other place? Madrid. Madrid. Yeah. <laughs> the I other also place. I didn't know about the, more the, than the two the, places in Spain. Yeah. You know this, right? I went to Toledo. I bought a sword there. Um, Isn't Toledo in Ohio as well? But yeah. Toledo, <laughs> just just a, a little fun fact, completely unrelated to this. Toledo is the sword making capital of Spain, if not Europe. So wow. You, yeah. That's a little fun fact that has nothing to do with this. Absolutely nothing. So <laughs> George, uh, in his majestic form, they, they went through a lot of deliberation of how they would pose him. Like his final pose? His final pose because um, the artists say that that's the most important part of Absolutely. taxidermy. And usually you would have a tortoise in, in, a, in a pretty you know relaxed position. But... With George, they saw videos, they interviewed um, a lot of the people that were involved with him, and he said that he had this way of standing. It's almost like a chin up, very, very confident, but also shy because the back of George, his tail was like a little uh, wrinkled yeah. in a way. So um, the director of the Galapagos Conservancy came to see him, and he broke down in tears. Oh. He said that it looked like George was standing in that glass case. Yeah, I'm looking alive. at it right now. Alive. It re he he does look alive, and he also he looks he looks very pre confident, but he also looks very prehistoric. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because like these again, they're they're massive animals, and they they do look like they are from a completely different era, and it's it's beautiful to see. And that specimen weighed fifty pounds, which. Compared to his death weight of 163, oh. he took a lot. He lost weight from his his prime was what around 200. <laughs> 200, yeah. He he kept losing weight, but you know that comes with age. But... 200 was my prime, and with age, <laughs> I gained weight. So, <laughs> and George stayed in the American Museum of Natural History for five years, and there was some controversy because the government of Ecuador wanted George back. Rightfully so. Rightfully so, but the American Museum of Natural History fought back because they had some weird contract or something with the taxidermy that they had to stay in the exhibition for five years or something. I, I think it was nice to be able to have that for the viewing public. I, you know, it's not, yeah. not everyone gets the opportunity to go to a place like that. Uh, I mean, the Galapagos or, you know, go travel to some exotic place to go see these animals. Um, you know, being able to see him like that, I think was great, but I think he absolutely should have been back and in he's the Galapagos. Back. Yes. He's back home now. There's a nice article. I think it was the BBC, uh, George is back home or something like that. And that kind of got me. George, you've been emotional lately. I'm telling you, like, when you get invested with this, like he looked like 
just a nice tortoise. <laughs> like he looked really cool. Not like those those mean. There are some mean looking tortoises out there. Those are called snapping turtles. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't like them, but just George, his face. I don't know. He got me, and just the fact that he was the last one left. Yeah. Like I got chills talking about him just now. We get emotional in these things. Yeah, like he's a cool thing. <laughs> he's a he's a cool cat. He's a cool animal. They, uh, no, we can't say that yet because the episode's not over. Um, oh yeah, don't ruin it. So yeah, he was he, he uh, was the last one of its kind that we know of, and probably true across the board. But in recently, very recently, in February of 2020, what what was that? Uh, four months ago. Yeah, pre-COVID. Yeah, pre-COVID. Remember that world. So a group of Yale people <laughs> didn't Yale get canceled? Did they? I think so. Okay, so a group of Yale people <laughs> found. Uh, around 30 tortoises uh, by Wolf Volcano on Isabella Island that had partial Pinta Island tortoise DNA. Yeah, one of the females was actually a direct line descendant from the Pinta Island tortoise. So there's hope. Well, sort of. Yeah. There's the continuation of the species through evolution. Let's let's call it that. We will never get a 100% Pinta Island tortoise like George ever again. Well, that's because change is the only constant. Mic drop. Fifth bump. Fifth bump. Fifth bump. Fifth bump. Fifth bump. <laughs> um, yeah, we're not going to get one of those ever again. But his, George's, I don't want to say legacy again because I say legacy in every single episode. Is legacy your standpoint? His, his dear. <laughs> uh, Dan's has standpoint a lot. It's um, now perspective. George's DNA can be uh, continued. George's species DNA can be continued uh, through hybrids. They're they're yes. they're breeding different uh, tortoise subspecies that contain a little bit of Pinta Island DNA. So that's one way to continue the the evolutionary the lineage lineage. There we go <laughs> to continue the lineage. So it's not all sad, but still, I think it's pretty sad. I I think he lived a pretty long and you know centennial. Yeah, he was a centennial. Shout out to anyone who makes it that far. Yeah. I, I also think this is this is totally unrelated, but if you make it to 100, I don't think any laws should apply to you. <laughs> like, at all. It should be the Wild West for, for centennials. No laws. You can't arrest them. And, you know, that's the platform I'm running on. Well, people are living longer now, so I feel like we're going to have a lot of centennials. I'm cool with it. Years. <laughs> if you make it to 100, here's the keys to the city, man. Go wild. <laughs> So that's Lonesome George, um, El Solitario Jorge in Spanish. Yes. <laughs> yes. See, si. And uh, Dan doesn't think that this is a sad story. I mean, I, anytime an animal dies, it's sad, but I think it's this is... It's not an animal. Well, no, it is No, 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 no. It's an entire subspecies died with him. How mean, is that not sad? It's incredibly sad. Do you know how many species die on an annual basis? How many species like go extinct? How many we wipe out? How many we wipe out that don't I know, even exist? I know, I know, I get it. Basically, this was no, no. You know the whole thing. I was, hate palm oil because they're destroying Borneo fine, with the fine. orangutan. This is us arguing. We're not going to cut any of this. The <laughs> fact, the fact that you named this turtle that immediately draws a connection to to. I said turtle, tortoise. That was embarrassing. I know, but still, they're turtles. They're just big, nope, dumb turtles. They're not. They're not turtles. <laughs> we were able to get to know George for 40 years. Yeah. The last of his kind. 
and interact with him. People could visit him. Imagine how. Imagine if he like deep down just hated people, and that's I think why he was, he was very shy. Up. He well, was very shy. But it would be funny if he was just like one I can't of the reasons stand why this. he never got laid properly. Sorry, George. I love you. What we should do is set up a GoFundMe. And if you'd like us to do a live episode from the Galapagos, if anybody wants to support that, we will absolutely do it. He just came up with that. On the spot. On the spot. But that was Lonesome George, a very old. Unique. Lonely. Lonely. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Inspiring. Symbolic. Symbolic cool and cool tortoise tortoise animal he's a very cool animal and everyone should do research everyone should educate yourselves on the importance of keeping a lot of these species alive because they're not going to be around also climate change donate money to anybody who's doing research on climate change and protecting the environment Um, go read go read something yeah share stuff educate your friends and family Get an electric vehicle, recycle, compost. Yes, compost. Compost. And if you're not composting, just send it to me. Please, um, nope. Do not send us. <laughs> do not send us your food waste in the mail. <laughs> but if you do want to talk about these issues, you can email us at animals at dancepetcare.com. Yeah. So please uh, reach out because we want to hear your thoughts. And if you want to cry with me about George, I'm I'm all for it. We should do a live episode soon. We should. Um, we see how that goes. Also. Make sure if you haven't yet, and we really, really would appreciate one. Thank you to everyone who's been leaving us reviews. Um, But if you are an Apple podcast subscriber, we'd love it if you guys could leave us a review. Um, But if you have not yet done so, please share us with your friends. If you think anybody loves animals and likes two funny idiots, um, I think they like our podcast. Two funny idiots. Yeah. I think Love it. That's we a are, good description. We are two funny idiots. Also, we're gonna try out some something new with um with our wiped out Wednesdays. We're gonna make a video. Oh yeah, I forgot we were doing that. Yeah, we're gonna make a video. Uh, oh, by the way, wiped out Wednesdays is our new segment on Wednesdays. Airs on Wednesdays, obviously, and we talk about animals that are no longer with us. Uh, exception to George, because I wanted to tell the story of George. Yeah. Um, oh, all right. Yeah. This could have been more like out. prehistoric. Yeah. You know? I mean, but yeah, it sort of merged. Died like the blurred seven years ago. I wouldn't say it's prehistoric. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. No, that's what I'm saying. Wipe that Wednesdays is reserved. Remember that song, Blurred Lines? Like million. Anyway, with that being said, I'm gonna play Blurred Lines now. We're gonna get a copy. Robin Thick, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, Robin. Uh, Alan is his dad, who's not dead. Uh, Thank you, everyone, (laughs) for listening. We'll see you on Wednesday. We'll see you on Wednesday. And I'm going to play music. We're going to play music now. Mm